Hello and welcome to the Shape of Work, a podcast series by Springworks. My name is Anoop and I am your host. Each week we'll be talking to top people managers across the world on the future of work and how it's shaping our workplace. So sit back and get ready to find out more from these movers and shakers as we have a no holds barred anything goes conversation with them about their journey, their insights, their thoughts, and most importantly their ideas and vision for the workplace of the future. Join in on the conversation. Leave a comment and don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shape of Work podcast. In this episode today we have with us Shonmitra Malik who is HR assistant vice president with Kotak Life and also graduated from IIM Ahmedabad. Hi Shonmitra, thank you for coming and joining us today. How are you? I am doing great and thank you Riddhi for inviting me to this podcast. I'm really looking forward to it. It's pleasure having you here. So Sonmitra just to set some context about you and what you do. Can you walk us through your career journey? And also adding to that, I would like to ask you what motivated you to pursue a career in HR after graduating from IIM Ahmedabad? Sure, I'll just start by correcting my name. It's Sonmitra. <laughs> sure. <laughs> It's a Bengali name and a lot of people get confused with the okay. spelling and the pronunciation but it's okay. okay so my career journey started post my school from shamnagar which is uh, where i hail from it's a small town uh, on the outskirts of kolkata and uh, post that i started my engineering career in nit suratkal which is one of the best nits in india and i had a glorious four years over there from there i joined tata motors from campus so tata motors uh, tata being part of the tata group right at the beginning of my career was uh, absolutely amazing i got a great experience over there and uh, the induction program which i went through for almost 8 9 months was outstanding and i haven't seen anything like that i haven't come across anything like that so far so that really stays with me how hr happened to me is a very interesting story so from tata motors i you know prepared for cat and then i joined iim ahmedabad in their flagship program of pgp and uh, i was one of the very few 7 to 8 students out of a batch of 380 who had interest in hr that's great uh, yeah so <laughs> yes. you will not hear a lot of people pursuing hr from i am the birth right yeah and this interest for hr developed gradually and i won't say it happened overnight but i must give credit to my professor from the organization behavior course in my first year at i am amdavad who taught us about self awareness and the what she taught us in that course uh, has stayed forever with me so she taught told us that self awareness is not about just knowing your strengths your personality your beliefs your values or your aspirations it is also about being yourself even if you are surrounded by a thousand others who are not like you and that is the first step towards becoming a true leader right so the first year of i am amdavad really had set that stage for me for pursuing a career in hr i will delve more about how hr happened eventually so the first year of uh, management stud- studies at iim is extremely challenging there is so much happening right from day one uh, you know right from solving case studies contributing to group projects surprise quizzes summer internship placements and what not this used to result in hardly you know 2 3 hours of sleep every day for us and i realized quite early in that first year uh, of iim ahmedabad that to keep myself sane amidst Thanks. all this it is extremely important to also have my me time where i would just sit calmly and introspect what i really wanted after all that hustle that helped me to understand that i'm really looking for a career in hr i used to take keen interest in understanding the people side of things 
in my case studies that is looking just beyond the financial and numbers it's not just about taking care of profitability but also understanding what are the underlying motivations of people involved in the decision making right and that comes quite naturally to me i would say you know and i think that's motivated that's what motivated for me to opt for a detailed 6 months hr project in my second year at ima in which i performed really well along with one of my uh, fellow batchmates and then further i pursued a career in hr after graduating today i have close to 8 years of experience as a hr professional i manage a team of 4 direct and 20 indirect reports for them okay i think all right like that's a plethora of everything and i'm sure today we'll get a lot of content from our conversation so talking about your role as you mentioned you have managed large employee base and you are a millennial hr assistant vice vice president with kotak life so it's a big responsibility and definitely is a journey and at some point in time it's really challenging to manage everything so what keeps you going in this role sure so in my current role i head talent acquisition strategy and campus programs at kotak life and yes these are big responsibilities as these are pan india roles and uh, we have a full time employee strength of more than 9000 people and these are spread spread across 270 plus branches so what keeps me really going in this role is my you know sheer passion towards providing career opportunities to thousands of people every year i feel extremely proud as a talent acquisition professional that uh, whatever strategies i implement really helps our organization to provide a job opportunities to someone in some part of india every day of the year it not just impacts the life of that one candidate but also his or her family because we are providing a career opportunity they are taking a decision to you know start their life or restart their life afresh in a new organization right that really motivates me i visit a lot of campuses myself as an interview panelist and at the end of the interviews when we announce the result and uh, congratulate the selected students i feel so happy to see you know such positive emotions expressed by them in front of me that's really priceless and you know that really keeps me going besides this on a personal front i try to set quarterly personal goals as well just the way we set personal professional goals in our workplace as part of a performance appraisal process and i try to achieve those personal goals quarter and quarter so i am an avid traveler i love traveling and i ensure that i have a trip planned every quarter of the year even if it's just for 2 3 days that's what keeps me motivated to work throughout that quarter so it it serves like a reward for myself for achieving my professional goals in that quarter besides this uh, one thing which i've started doing for the last 2 years is that i've started learning one new hobby each year and i make it a part of my life thereafter so in 2021 i started with travel vlogging on instagram so i have a page which is dedicated for travel travel stories and travel vlogging uh, so that started and i keep doing it you know whenever i get free time in 2022 i learned skateboarding before my trip to ladakh so i learned it for a month and then i did it uh, did skateboarding in front of the beautiful pangong lake and i still practice it so even after the trip has completed i still practice it so achieving personal goal hence is very important to keep yourself motivated in your professional life as well i believe you are the same person inside office and after working hours too right we are human beings and there is no switch which has been built which can inherently make us a different individual inside office and outside unless someone is struggling with a psychological disorder or something which they are struggling with hence i believe that 
personal and professional goals really impact each other. Okay. I think that was a great point brought up by you because yeah, taking time for ourselves is equally very important. So, you know, you now handle large employee base, including a big team of women who faces responsibilities and, you know, sometimes finding it frustrating to balance work and family life. So what would be your advice to women who are looking forward to a career in HR? Sure, that's an interesting yes. question. So, yeah. As I shared earlier, so I have a team of 20 uh, indirect reportees and four direct reportees. And in this entire team, there is only one male not team member. <laughs> that's <laughs> something team. interesting to know. <laughs> all the rest are women. And they okay. are, all of them are rock stars, I would say. They are managing their home, their uh, you know families at home. They're coming to office with equal, you know, uh, energy and excitement to work. So I am really proud of them. And uh, this this gender ratio in my team is skewed, not because that we have some criteria where we hire only women, but it's because of the available talent pool in the HR, uh, you know, fraternity, uh, which is majorly comprised of women candidates. So some of the studies, if you come across, they would say that uh, the ratio of women is to men in the HR workforce is 60 to 40 or 70 to 30, which means that the HR talent available in the job market for companies to hire are also predominantly women. My advice to women HR aspirants in India is simply to just go for it. So in my opinion, the personality of most Indian women make them quick learners to pick up a HR profession. Okay. When I say Indian women, I will tell you specifically why I'm saying this. Okay. Uh, So irrespective of gender, I strongly believe that in order to excel as a HR professional, one should possess some basic skills, which truly make us human. Okay. So firstly, one must have very active listening skills. Secondly, one should strive to achieve fairness in whatever decisions they take in the organization. Which means that as HR professionals, are we making decisions which are fair to all employees or are we biased to a certain set of employees? Thirdly, one should be empathetic in a HR profession, which means to understand how the other person is feeling, their motivators, their demotivators, right? And last but not the least, one should have high resilience. So HR professionals, like sales professionals, face a lot of no's from others, right? Because they, right from candidates, as well as from, you know, for getting extra budgets for doing some activities for, uh, you know, employees or doing some development initiatives, because many, many of the times organizations fail to see the outcome or or the return on investment on such initiatives. Even though everything is measurable, a lot of biases come into picture when such things come into play. But while studies would suggest that uh, both men and women can be equally successful in HR jobs, I would like to point out that our country traditionally has been a patriarchal society, right? Yes. There are a few states in India. This has really shaped up the personality of a lot of women who are active listeners, who are fair to others, who are empathetic and who have high emotional resilience. So again, I'm not stereotyping, but I'm talking about the overall impact of our patriarchal society. Hence, all those women who aspire to build a career in HR should definitely pursue it. We are a developing nation with a growing economy which uh, demands expansion of workforce in the organized sectors. A lot of organizations, including us in Kotak Life, we run a lot of uh, initiatives to attract, develop and retain women talent in order to create a balanced gender ratio 
in the organization. So there are programs like return to work, women only job fairs and many other development initiatives which are specific to the women target population. So it's a great time for women to really join and uh, build their career in HR. Yeah, all right. Even I'm listening this very seriously. Mm-hmm. So I think not only women, but the people pursuing HR will really get a huge advantage with your advice. I think these are some great points they can imbibe with themselves. So, you know, you being as a HR professional with work experience across different HR domains, so as a talent acquisition strategy head, so how do you foresee the talent landscape shaping up in the next five years? All right. So to answer this question, we need to look at uh, three aspects. Firstly, what is the future of organizations looking like? How does the future of work getting done look like? So how work gets done in an organization what's the future of it and lastly the future of who will get the work done which is the future of workforce so i'll start first with the future of organizations majorly i foresee two trends here one one is that uh, the global economy and organizations are going to be largely driven by digitalization so when i say digitalization majorly artificial intelligence and machine learning based models they are going to become smarter and smarter as more and more data get fed into the system. And it's a natural progression of such models because those models get matured with more data. Hence, with maturity, I think such models will impose a threat to a lot of traditional jobs which were introduced maybe a decade back. But does this mean all jobs will be replaced by AI? The answer is no. Organizations really need to create ecosystems where humans and AI coexist. Right. This yeah. week I came across an online AI based platform where you just need to enter a topic in one sentence and the inbuilt AI in that platform creates an entire story out of it. Yeah. So it just needs four word or five words topic and it creates an entire story. It creates an entire blog. So that's the power of AI today. And it's simply mind blowing. The other trend in future of organization, which, which I foresee is that they need to start factoring in for uncertainties in their annual roundtable meetings. The last three years really have shown us to what extent diseases can impact us, to what extent environment can impact us, and to what extent geopolitical situations can impact us. There might be many other such kind of uncertainty uncertainties which organizations may not be even aware of currently. Right? So I'm saying that organizations really need to budget for uncertainties in their uh, annual meetings. Right. But so this brings me to the second aspect of the question, which is how future of work will get done. Right. So in order to keep pace with the digital economy outside, organizations really need to innovate and put processes in place which leverage digitalization or AI. And they have to do away with people dependent way of working, which means suppose if I'm on leave in a particular period of time, the processes that I manage should run on their own, right? Organizations should also consider the fact that the current and the future workforce would prefer to work from anywhere. Hence, they need to move out of their traditional obsession for calling face-to-face meetings. Yeah. HR as a function is also part of the organization and they must also adopt to these ways of working to manage and function uh, the department. Finally, talking about the future of workforce, I think it is estimated by 2025, the global workforce will have at least 30% from the Gen Z cohort. Okay, At Kotak Life, we have gone a bit ahead and we have predicted that by 2030, our workforce will have more than 50% Gen Z population. Okay. Okay. 
So there are multiple surveys and data points which organizations have been gathering to understand their aspirations. Okay. Some of the things which really, you know, took my interest is they want to work on many things in a short span of time. They are certainly not going to get married to one kind of an organization, one organization. It is estimated that their average retention in any organization will be maximum two to three years. Okay. They are yeah. looking to work for organizations which respect them for who they are. They are looking for an organization which has a larger purpose towards the society, the environment, the planet, and yeah. profitability. So when I say who they are, they would respect organizations which promote diversity in terms of uh, gender, in terms of sexual orientation, in terms of physical ability, all these will be really valued by them, right? This is a generation of workforce who were probably completing their graduation or just starting to work when the pandemic has hit had hit us. So they are very used to this remote way of working. They value organizations which take care of their physical and mental well-being. My prediction is that they will be glad to take up time-bound projects in organizations. They will drive uh, gig economy. They will stick around after two to three years in the same organization only if they get to work on something completely new and not just an add-on to their existing roles. So that's a lot of expectation from traditional organizations, I would say. But to be ready for such expectations from the Gen Z workforce, organizations must start planning now. So I really love the insights you bring in. However, I think in the coming years, like workplace would increasingly go remote. And you know, it's very important for the talent acquisitions in the coming year to learn the nuance of the remote hiring as well. So like, I would like to ask you that to what extent uh, will technology play a role in talent acquisitions in the future of workplace? Sure. So I think technology has already started playing a role in uh, shaping up talent acquisition in the future of workplace. However, it's it entirely depends on organizations to what extent they adopt to these technologies. So while I spoke about AI and ML in my previous uh, conversation, majority of the Indian organizations are still using your traditional methods of sourcing candidates and interviewing candidates. Job portals continue to be the first preference when it comes to sourcing and hiring managers. And hiring managers, in fact, they are obsessed with meeting candidates face-to-face for, for taking a hiring decision, right? The question here is, is this a sustainable way of working? The answer is a profound no. Because we are working with blinkers on job portals. We are not exploring huge number of passive candidates and industries from which we have never hired. But people would be really successful from such industries if we hire them. But with the help of AI, we will be able to predict which are these you know, unexplored industries, which are these untapped candidate pool. Today, AI tools can call up candidates directly, do a telephonic interview with them, and they will give you a final list of interested candidates also who are relevant to your job posting. This is without any human intervention. It's the tool which conducts everything and tells you that, you know, these are the list of people who are really interested and who would be suitable for the role that you have posted. AI-based interviewing tools, video interviewing tools have been in existence over the last uh, three to four years. But I've also come across an advanced version of this. So in the annual SHRM conference last year, I got a demo of an AI-based interviewing tool where a humanoid 
a human robot with your own face asks the questions to the candidate on screen and on the other side whatever the candidate answers gets assessed by the tool that's something interesting to know yeah, yeah. so that's really amazing and such technology not just assesses your te- technical skills but also your soft skills your body language your eye movements everything so that is the future of talent acquisition and the sooner organizations adopt and adapt this technologies the better however i truly believe that for any technology adoption in an organization the biggest challenge is the deploy is not the deployment of technology the biggest challenge is the change in mindset of people to whom you are asking to adapt to this technology right hr as a function will need to build a strong business case with proven data facts to implement such technology for hiring managers it will of course not ha- happen overnight you have to build such business cases use cases over the time to capture as much data as possible to convince the hiring managers to convince the management that this is something which will add value to the organization but as i said earlier the future is really now and we must start i totally agree with you yeah and you know for recruiters it open up new avenue also as you highlighted yeah so you know that totally makes a lot of sense and i'm sure there is a lot of take away from the content you have shared today so thank you for sharing so this brings us to the end of our conversation but before we leave can you tell our listeners where they can reach out to you sure so i am available on linkedin uh, okay i have a good set of followers and i'm always <laughs> i i always respond to dms on linkedin so anyone okay. who wants to connect with me can uh, reach out to me on linkedin and i would be happy to help thank you and it was lovely hosting you today thank you so much and it was really you know equally enjoyable to interact with you and in, for this podcast thank you so much thank you